All right, we're recording. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. And you too, Todd. All of us together and again. Yay. It is up to us. Had, do you know what the difference is between the actor that plays Star War, Star Lord on Guardians of the Galaxy and a deep fried rodent? I don't. Well, one is a Chris Pratt, and the other is a Chris Pratt. Wow, I don't. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it both. Stop. stop going on there. Stop. No. It's a lot going on there. I, I haven't been able to handle the power of having sound back again <laughs> on that. Uh, no, how is it still going? I'm not I even s- on that screen anymore. <laughs> grief. It's actually just it's, people it's laughing just people at like, you. Would you be quiet? <laughs> just come come to the window to Nelson. <laughs> Filmed in front of a studio audience. Um, I've never seen a sitcom filmed. Have you? Uh, not a sitcom. I've... Uh, I've seen a lot of live shows, though. I've seen um, like The Doctors, and uh, which is kind of mid uh, midday uh, talk show. Was Doctor Oz on that? Uh, he used to be, I think. He wasn't at the time that of I saw all the, show. the people oh, we have yeah. not figured out is just a complete shyster. Charlatan. I am shocked to see his name still on things. It's uh, crazy. Um, and I've seen. Um, a lot of the late night shows. Oh, okay. So I, um, I saw, uh, um, what's her name that? Oh, uh, I saw Chelsea Handler. Okay. I saw. Um, That's the, pretty recent. The lady, yeah, uh, ten years ago. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. So, um, and the uh, black lady lesbian with a great voice that, uh, stand-up comedian. Oh, uh, um, sassy. She's on Cur- yeah. She's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on. What? When, when, not Wendy, not, not Wesley, not when yes, Wendy <laughs> Williams. Anyway. Oh, we're, we're so sad for not I'm remembering so her name. She is great. Yeah. She's, uh, she used to have a, a talk show. Um, and, oh, I, I've seen, Dancing with the Stars and oh really? Um, so you think you can dance? I saw the how finale long of, did the did those take? Those seems like you'd just be trapped in there forever. Uh, yeah, the longest part is the actual queuing up. Also, America's Got Talent. I've seen that a couple times. Really? Yeah. Um, Boy, I, I had no idea. I'm uh, seeing well, a whole new side of you. I used to live in Hollywood. Well, I, yeah, and and I was free. For, I always forget that you moved back down there yeah. for for a while. Yeah, and so I was single and free during uh, like the shows are free and I was single and poor. Right. And so it's like going out to the movies, but you know, it's an all evening event. Uh, Oh, Tosh.0. I saw a bunch of episodes. Of Tosh. Oh, wow. Really? So, uh, what was more shocking was how, uh, flagrantly Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes. Yes. yes, yes. And I did it before I looked her up. I'm in the process of looking her up, but I just remembered. (laughs) Yeah. Wanda Wanda Sykes. Sykes. Uh, 
how on those game show versions like so you think you can dance they have their target demographic and they don't have any problems with separating humans that watch the show by race color gender age uh and so if for for um uh america's got talent that is uh young black america and okay. so if you have any color skin other than white you are pushed to the front of the audience interesting and and if you are white especially a white male you got the nosebleed you're, seats you're at the way. concession stand <laughs> in the back absolutely <laughs> uh uh and then so you think you can dance is like uh 13 year old girls and so if you were a dude you're like you're out of there so i never got good seats i was definitely never and you can even play the gay card either because you no, don't really uh, look all that gay right <laughs> i'm just a dude uh, yeah so um yeah and they 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 like as you're lining up they're like you there you there like you to the back of the line you like they they don't care wow because they are fitting a racial profile yeah. of their show that they are displaying uh in on camera yeah wow the only one i ever went to was uh, a taping of the tonight show oh wow um that i saw with my friend eric when we went down there one time and who was it It was terry bradshaw was one of the guests and the musical guest was oh it's a country chris ledoux oh wow his name was was a country (laughs) singer but neither of them i really enjoyed but it's it is it's really interesting just to go see yeah how that's done and i mean everybody says oh it's so small but it is it's like totally yeah. small and even i didn't i've never seen saturday night live taped which has always been a dream right but i did this last time i went to new york i did get to go see the studio and it is it's impossibly small yep. and but it's just it's so neat to see that sort of stuff huh um so today is Sunday, yes. and uh, we usually record on Sundays, which means that by the time we record our next show, uh, you will be one year older. <gasps> oh, that's right. Your birthday is this coming Saturday. Saturday that's right. Yeah, and uh, and I think that Sunday after that is the Super Bowl too, isn't it? Yes. Okay. The second. I mean, I'm still for recording because I'm not <laughs> planning on watching the game, but. And so. <laughs> You've got Nick's secret present out here. This isn't a huge surprise because we've talked about it since. Uh, right. Oh, look how pretty it is. So, with the little astronaut guy. So, yeah, explain, exp- explain yourself. So, uh, I grew a little bonsai plant for Todd over the last three months, and it is a gorilla glue uh, <laughs> cannabis uh, plant. And I don't know, uh, maybe maybe six inches tall. Yeah, ish. It goes, yeah, it goes yeah. up and then over because you've been training. I've been training it to bend. I just wanted it to be something other than just straight up, straight up, you know. And so I wired it up, and I don't know. Uh, it it's no, it's, it's pretty stiff. Yeah. Oh, it it yeah. it it does its job, you know. And and so so yeah, it goes up maybe about two inches, and then makes like a forty-five degree left turn. For about another inch and a half, and then kind of straight up, where yeah. like a little, it kind of looks like a um, like a lotus bloom, right? Almost. And so I think that that's a bud forming. I think on, it could be top. that very top one. Yeah. Weird. And, and so that's that's so that's how that weed. does that. Yeah. 
That's weed. When do you know it's done? Well, uh, so I've got another another one that I've I'm going to have to find a, to get a, a drug connection to tell me how to do all this. So you might want to turn on your here, turn on the flashlight and look at the leaves on this one up at the top, uh, because I think that. Gotta take my so I've got a off. second one that I've been okay. been growing, and that one's got kind of crystals growing yeah, on. See the little crystals. Yeah, uh, so they definitely grow in proportion to the size of the pot. So yours had the, the smallest size of the, pot, yeah, the actual thing you planted in. Yeah, exactly right. the container, uh, and so the container size oh, is uh, directly proportional to the size of the plant, oh, wow, and. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of grew uh, four all together, and one died. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one on your porch. The other your two counter. aren't doing great, and yours is doing pretty great. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure to get it to you before it died. Before it uh, dies. So. Uh, yeah, I am hoping it survives the, the, the winter in my house, but we certainly have not been having a, a cold winter. Well, that's, yeah. that's really fun. <laughs> And it's got a little tiny astronaut in it that I found at the bins. Yeah. Because you said you wanted to put your little, little ones in the other. Little in there, whatever. Yeah. Like a little train. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Uh, it looks like an umbrella almost for him. I, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. He's kind of like on his own so little we'll probably use that as the, as the picture for this week's show. I perhaps. would totally take pictures of it soon uh, before it dies. <laughs> <Yes>. And <laughs> so. Do I, they like, so what, like when I bring it, do they like humidity? Do they like They like dry? warmth. They like dry? Uh, kind of moist warmth uh if the soil stays too moist then it cuts off a lot of oxygen to it so you don't want the soil to remain moist wet. all the time yeah. right uh but it does have a little drain like i'm thinking should i keep it in the bathroom or on the other side of the house where the sun is uh i'll put it right next to my rubber plant that my mom got me go. <laughs> because that one's doing well in the in a, i got a I have brand new window installed so it's actually the only place in the house that's like sealed perfect so all right. Well, so I've got some uh, some portable grow light. Uh, those the orange uh, green ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to take those with you, you can okay. play with that as well. We'll but, see. Uh, I did just f- uh, figure out what I'm going to get you for your birthday, <laughs> and I'm so excited because I think I'm going to get like nine people the same thing <laughs> this year because it's so neat. So yeah, in a in a couple of days, I'll send you the warning of like don't look at your Amazon Prime <laughs> account too much because I need to use it to have it uh prime shipped to me so uh, and yeah. yeah so we'll be talking about nick's gift as well okay. i got th- him a theremin uh, his birthday isn't uh for um a, a few more days three more days mm-hmm. uh he's guaranteed to not know that we talked about this because a hundred percent of the time he does not he listen does to not our listen show to at all he doesn't even does he listen to the ones that annoyed. he's on no, no. He oh, really? Listen. He doesn't listen to it. Okay. He, he has no attention span for this whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and so he just is just annoyed by us, I think. We did so, switch over to Podbean, which comes yep. with a little suite of analytics, finally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do notice that many people do not have patience to listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do have a Romanian listener. Oh, yeah. And someone from the UK, which Hello, is Hello, Romania. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how they break down all the different thing like the platform downloads and the when time of day and the we do get a hundred percent listenership though oh. for the people that did download sweet anyway. that's awesome 
so yeah, we'll be we'll be today's topic is about electronic music and nice. the theremin, and uh, so we will be talking about the theremin. Very exciting. Well, let's read a couple of news stories. Um, so if you live in Oregon, you will have noticed that since January one, there is a new uh, p- uh, ban on plastic bags and. You have to pay at the store if you would like a paper bag. So Mark's face is indicating he's not happy with this. Mark, I, I, I can't say that out loud because then I'm a monster. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess someone's gonna come by and throw red paint on you through the window. <laughs> yes, because now I feel like I'm. I I need to find the black market for plastic bags and straws. That black and... market of plastic bags is under my sink. <laughs> Cuz I've got like 50,000 of them shoved under there. I use them for so many things yeah. and I reuse them and and, and That's the huge bummer cuz like a couple of years ago I was mad when they when some stores in Northeast stopped it because that's when I was working with kids a lot and using them for whatever to throw stuff in. And you don't want to ruin a decent bag or you need it to just throw some gross wipes away or whatever. But um, now that I use paper for kindling, (laughs) I don't mind it so much, even though it's costing me 10 whole cents. Although what they did, uh, I think changed that to five. So starting this year, we must, uh, Oregonians must pay at least five cents for a paper bag at all retail stores. So even 7-Eleven, I uh, noticed them I, like trying to load things into paper bags. And um, So where does that extra money go? So where do you think that goes to? The 10 cents that we're paying for our bag, or five the, cents? The 1%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Directly to Ward Buffett's house, totally. nickel by nickel. Just, um <laughs> Hope you know. Hopefully, uh, infrastructure and education and uh, the children, the children, the children. Well, it goes directly to the retailers, so it helps the retailers pay uh-huh. for pa- paper bags, which cost more than the plastic ones. If there was no fee, it would cost hmm. stores between thirty-five and sixty thousand dollars more per year, according to the Northwest more. Ooh, easy Northwest Grocery Association. Uh, I was on the Not Nerd podcast. We recorded that earlier today. And they like do a second take of things when they mess up and like edit things together. And it's very fancy. They probably have listeners. I know they do actually. <laughs> and I was kind of jealous. They have Madonna headsets oh. so that they're kind of just oh, free yeah. to move around yeah. and all that and sing and twirl around. Sorry. And that was their, <laughs> uh, anyway, back to paper bags. Um, so the lady that the chief sponsor of the bill, who is a woman that lives in Hillsboro, who is one of our representatives, she hopes the fee will encourage people to bring their own bag when they shop. I think we're going to see a change in behavior, and that's what we're hopeful for, she said. Um, while the fee is for the retailers, there is no language in the law that says what stores must do with it. So uh, this is from K2. Uh, reached out to Fred Meyer and Safeway, Whole Foods, and New Seasons. Uh, Fred Meyer and New Seasons replied... So Fred Meyer says the bag fee will help cover the cost of providing paper bags. He said even the five cent fee does not cover the total cost. Uh, New Season said the five cent bag will go to quote sustainable initiatives. So awesome. 
Yay. Sustaining the bank account of whoever owns New Seasons, uh, I'm assuming. Korea now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they just they just sold out to a Korean company. Wow. Well, Rob, let's uh, to give fair balance here, Rob Gensarik, owner of Basin Tackle in Charleston, I don't know where Charleston, Oregon is, uh, said he is taking a political stance with the fee because he did not support the bag bill. He says, I'm taking that five cents every five cents we get for the first month, and I'm sending it to Timber Unity, which I don't know what that what? is. What? But he said, he goes on to, to say, they're kind of antithetical to the folks who put the bag ban in place. So I okay. don't know what Timber Unity does, but... Uh, they probably... But if they make wood products, do you think... Now that you know. can't use plastic, they would be against using plastic because that doesn't use the timber. So, Charleston know. is a suburb of Coos Bay. Okay, They're what way is down Timber Unity. It sounds like maybe it's Timber Unity Soccer. <laughs> the fans of the the Portland Timber Soccer Team. But anyway, as I was reading this earlier article uh, article earlier this afternoon, I came across this. Uh, Bruce Treat, owner of Comics Adventure in Milwaukee, which is the comic book store that I go to when I need my Yay. comic books. He's super nice. Uh, so if you are in the Milwaukee area, they just opened a beautiful new store across the street from the uh, the Walmart on McLaughlin. So he said he will collect the five cent bag fee and then give customers a five cent discount. He said, I don't see anything that says you have to keep it. So go to Comics Adventure and they will give you your paper bags for free. <laughs> so one of the stories going around this week, um, I heard from one of Colin, uh, Colin's older brothers. Colin is the boy that I work with and he's got an older brother that's around 19. And he came, he's like, did you hear this story and see this video of how scientists have discovered a new species of shark that walks? And so we watched a little video and I saw it pop up a couple places and so I pulled the article and it's a little less dramatic than that because the, the, the headline from CNN, oh, where's my, hold on. I need to figure out how to organize this much better. Cause I can never find from CNN. You are fake news. <laughs> the headline says scientists discover four new species of sharks that walk. Uh, and then the first sentence goes, walking sharks are content to scuttle in the shallows and they've been doing that for at least 9 million years. So it's Good. not like a new, they've just discovered like four subspecies Got of it. the walking sharks, but, um, they are, they do kind of flounder. If you ever seen like those fish that kind of do the same thing where yeah. they just sort of scoot around a little bit. Kind of like Isabel does now. <laughs> oh yeah. Poor pug. <laughs> when she's not in her giant suburban mom stroller that you have to push her around in. Um, Poor pug. But yeah, so it is kind of interesting because they did, it did uh, disprove one of the widely held beliefs that shark, uh, sharks were slow to evolve because this uh, youngest species evolved less than 2 million years ago. And uh, that's pretty recent by uh, evolutionary standards. So sharks hmm. are still uh, changing even though they are older than even the dinosaur fossils uh, going back to as much as 400 million years ago. Hmm. Um, so anyway, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, one story that I'm not going to get super into, but is very good news for the uh, psychological uh, health community, and that is uh, in Utah, uh, the discredited conversion therapy has been banned. Yay. So the practice of conversion therapy for LGBTQ children is now banned in Utah, making it the 19th state uh, and one of the most conservative to promote it. Yeah. yeah, Utah is, I believe... Um, I forget what county it is. A Rick Emerson's in-laws live there, but they are like the most conservative place per capita, per whatever, uh, out of everywhere. Provo, I believe that is. Provo, Utah. For sure. Um, So supporters navigated a winding path to passage and some dissent remains, but barring it in Utah could give a boost boost for similar effects in other states. Um, the original sponsor, sponsored GOP Utah representative Craig Hill applauded the ruling, say it prohibits dangerous practices and protecting uh, healthcare care uh, professionals. Uh, it will simply save lives, he said. Huh. So uh, conversion therapy is a practice used to try to change sexual orientation or gender identity. Many people who uh, have been through it says it has deepened feelings of depression and increased thoughts of suicide. Um, I believe it is... Um, the new, the new rule bans licensed therapies, uh, blah, 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 uh, that the American Psychological Association has said it was not based in science and, uh, relatively dangerous. And from the descriptions and things that I've, I've heard and read and heard people talk about that have been through it, it is very close to just psychological torture. Yes. So it was not at all a, 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 a good thing. So so there's that. That's kind of all the news I I've had. got a couple. Oh, um, good. So there is an AI epidemiologist that uh, detected uh, that that made a proclamation around the uh, coronavirus a week before uh, humans did. Yeah, and so they were uh, running like a little. Uh, test. computer yeah. test to algorithms see. against and so uh the uh who world health organization Who? made announcements on january 9th uh the u.s centers for disease control had previously uh, made a post on january 6th warning about coronavirus whereas the um this canadian health monitoring platform beat both to the punch, sending the word of the outbreak to its customers on December 31st. And so, um, you know, nine, uh, 10 days before uh, WHO. And so um, they use an AI-driven algorithm that scours foreign language news reports, animals, plant disease networks, and official proclamations. They have problems sifting through social media because it's so noisy, but there's a lot of other uh, things that it's able to uh, get information on. And it also uses uh, flight information about the spread of it to... uh, Well, the story I thought you were going to read was about the simulation they ran about something very similar to this last month. And it ended up with 65 million people being killed in their simulation. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's keep following the, the AIs. Uh, so your, t- what is your take on, on that? Is, is it being hugely blown out of proportion? <clears throat> we were talking earlier before we recorded about the big SARS scare yeah. and so, the bird, the bird and pig flu that was supposed yeah, to be so a huge... 20 years ago, SARS happened and 20 uh, years ago, that's I know, crazy. I know. Uh, and they, 
took many of the same actions where like Beijing was shut down literally where you could not enter or leave Beijing, which is incredible. Like right. that's like New York city. It's actually larger than New York city. Uh, and so imagine locking down New York and saying, you cannot leave New York city. Man. Uh, you know, just riot riots would happen just logistically uh, too. Yeah. Uh, and so the same thing happened in Beijing and they are doing similar things in, uh, the Wuhan province right now. And, and, uh, there's 11 million people and, and, uh, 5 million left before the lockdown happened. And they're literally tearing up roads to block passage of people leaving and, uh, Beijing and and Shanghai. 56 million are quarantined. Uh, It's phenomenal. So my my take, you know, it is less deadly than SARS appears to be. Uh, It does uh, seem that the incubation period is is shorter. And uh, during that incubation period, you are infectious and able to spread the disease. And so for the five or six days that it is incubating in your body, you are spreading it to everyone else. And so there was an elderly man that visited his family. They estimated 94 people that he came in contact with that are now like the friendliest man in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you that's know, that's a nice thing. If I'm ever a carrier, it will just die because I, <laughs> and no one ever comes in contact with me. Uh, there's patient zero. And then there's at the other end is patient Todd. Just, the end of the line. <laughs> everything goes it to die here. Uh, and, I, this one has an interesting mix to it because of social media. There's so much hype about the, you know, I, I feel like I've heard a lot more about this than we did about SARS just because of the spread of news is much rapider and, and the spread of information and misinformation right. and, and uh, hysteria even. And, um, and so a very small percentage of people being affected is still incredibly powerful because well, of the 56 quantity. million people. Right. If only 0.01 of the people die of that, then you're still talking tens of thousands of right. deaths. And, and, and uh, China, yeah, the quantity of people and the close <laughs> proximity that you get with everybody is um it's, it's like a yeast you left out on the counter 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it's uh it's gonna be terrible and and trying to lock this down or you just have one rogue person that could break that seal become a biological weapon yeah yeah, that's an interesting like James Bond villain oh. where it's not like a, a, a you're trying to take over the Corona world. You're man. just yeah, you're just right. visiting, going from yeah. place to place, visiting and like sneezing on things. Right. But it has to be the ticking clock of the movie is it has to be done in six days of incubation. <laughs> and you uh, you and I were watching a little video before and, and talking about. So a lot of people are afraid of going out. And so they are ordering food in, which presents a new dynamic that maybe they're not thinking about like well if everybody's ordering their food then you have these patient zeros that are the 
delivery people that are delivering food for everybody. So if one of those people gets infected and starts to go to every house, every with, their house food. with their food, you could be staying within your house and still yeah, it's it's terrible. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Yeah. Um, uh, in sobering other sobering news uh, today, 75 years ago today, Auschwitz was liberated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. 75 years. 75 years. Yeah. And I know one of the, um, uh, one of my high school projects, since I, I'm Dutch and my mm -hmm. relatives are all Dutch and uh, many of them came from uh, Holland and some, some of them fought for America and some fought for Holland in, in the war. And so hearing their firsthand stories of either being in the Dutch resistance or fighting or uh, that's, I mean, it's far away, but I still feel like yours and I, my yours and mine generation, my, my and <laughs> our, your, generation. our generation, <laughs> only there was a word for that. <laughs> Almost had that last personal connection right with that happening right that was like the and, and the reality of it and i mean i know it's still around to see and all that but just to have those firsthand accounts and people that you know that saw it is is amazing yeah it, it really is and uh if you're looking to have you ever visited I've been to Dachau. Been, okay. uh, I've been to Dachau, but not to Auschwitz. Uh, okay. So Dachau is right outside of Munich, uh, West Germany, or Germany now, apparently. Uh, and at the depending, time, depending it was on Germany. if it's still 1989 <laughs> and David Hasselhoff is singing on the top of the wall. I was there in 86. And so it was West Germany at the time. And um, in 86, what were you there for? High school trip. Okay. Yeah, I just. Wow. Uh, fancy high school. Uh, I. No, I worked all summer okay. and raised money <laughs> okay. so I could go with my German class, okay. uh, with my German teacher and a, a few other students. Um, and yeah, it, it was incredibly sobering. Yeah. Uh, there's a really fantastic book called We Were the Lucky Ones, and it's recently written by a young lady who's American. And she, uh, after her grandfather passed away, she was writing an obituary and then uh, talking to an aunt and everything. And, and she stumbled upon a couple pieces of information that he did not share with his descendants because he just wanted that to be behind them. And this family of uh, the parents and four children were Jewish living in Poland they got separated during the war and miraculously they all lived and each of them has harrowing crazy sobering traumatic yeah. terrible stories of uh going to a gulag in um uh, in russia and having a child in the middle of Siberia, uh, you know, uh, going on trains to uh, yeah, just all the yeah. just crazy, crazy stories. And it's all uh, incredibly researched and documented of she went back to uh, relatives and, and dates and, and tracked down papers and was able to assemble this story and fill in some gaps and, and uh, with 
a little bit of fiction to kind of tie the narrative together. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, bring tissue. You will need it. Uh, <laughs> I was in it's a, incredible. When I went to uh, my first college in, in Iowa, one of the uh, it was a Dutch college there too, and and one of the professors was a was an author and wrote this book uh, about this woman named Diet Avon, uh, who was um, uh, engaged to be married to this guy, and they get separated and thrown into different camps. The fiance um, he ends up being killed in one of the in in his camp. She goes on to survive. The story was about, and it became a little play that I was in, um, was her telling her story to her fiance that passed away, kind of telling him what had happened and what she'd been here. And and she came to some of the performances and and I was playing her fiance that passed away, like hearing and and absorbing her story like in front of her like this stuff that just sounds like from fiction and from you know a different i mean it was a different time different place but i mean something that just seems so far removed from humanity that that she went through so wow uh yeah phenomenal uh on an uplifting (laughs) note (laughs) so the um the ESA, the uh, European Space Agency, mm-hmm. has... Um, I got, believe have no logo, zero logos that look like the Starfleet Command, <laughs> and we have one, so screw them. True. True. Check, check mark check, us, or yes, checkmate, or something. I don't know. They, uh, so one thing I learned during this article was that lunar rocks soil on the surface of moon has 40 to 50 percent oxygen by weight so there's a tremendous amount of oxygen locked in lunar rocks and they have figured out a process that by adding some uh specific chloride uh calcium chloride salts heating this material to 950 degrees Celsius, so uh, very hot, uh, within a number of hours, they can extract the oxygen and leave behind several types of metals. Uh, and so they get two benefits out of, out of this. So they're building a machine to extract metal and oxygen from lunar rocks. And how does the oxygen get trapped in there? I wonder. Um, I mean, I know I yeah. I would guess how it gets trapped. I'm just surprised that it is. I guess it's just a mix of gases. You can extract them all. I guess. Yeah. I. I wow. I. I don't. That's know. crazy. Uh, so it takes. Well, and they figure out what to add to it to make it space concrete. <laughs> because exactly. I mean, but yeah, yeah, we talked about that in, in that episode about just needs to add water to it basically and exactly and so pave the moon and so there's water at the poles of the moon and so uh locked really oh underneath the surface okay uh and not like a fountain (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so which oxygen and uh water uh water itself you can extract hydrogen and oxygen from and create rocket fuel and so there's there's a lot That's of handy it yeah, super handy and so there's a lot of implications for um uh new t- 
technology is being developed to extract things from the moon. Right. Wow. Yeah. What a time to be alive. 2020. Mining the moon for its resources to get us to Mars so cool. that we don't die here on Earth. <laughs> cool. Uh, you want to uh, cut over and take a phone call from Brian, the Unipiper kid? I do. Let's do that. And then we'll get back to talk a little bit about the theremin. I never trust that he'll hit that high note. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recording. I know. <laughs> it still makes me anxious. Hello? Hello. Wow. How's it going, Brian? Hey. The Unipiper kid? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hear that uh, every time you guys talk, you start the show by saying that it's been a while since we've talked, and uh, <laughs> I feel like it's been even longer since we've talked. It. It definitely has. I was looking on um, on my Skype records, and I I think that we've had a post Skype conversation as well through the the new audio interface on the other the other one. But the last Skype conversation that we had was in August of 2019. <laughs> so, oh my God. so it's been, it's been a while. Uh, well, welcome. Thank you. Um, we have we have Todd here and and myself. <laughs> oh, hello. And, uh what's been going on mr unipiper uh it's been a busy start to the year um you know uh well for for one thing we had the uh ramen and whiskey festival last weekend um did you tell todd all about that i i we we talked briefly about it but i he didn't get all the rich details i was uh <laughs> waiting to have that conversation with you uh, with him so uh oh. so yeah we we went to the ramen and whiskey festival there were six vendors there six restaurants from the portland area each representing throwing down their own version of ramen and their own mixed whiskey beverage now and, is there a connection between ramen and whiskey that i just don't understand am i, I the only one who thinks it's kind of a weird combination the japanese make them both and yeah and they're both done really well and am i both am, pair together well because uh, yeah i always think of whiskey as i guess canadian american like sake and and rice you know rice based things because i'm racist <laughs> yes <laughs> no, the, and the there's Japanese always a gong playing and <laughs> <laughs> and sumo uh, wrestlers mark and i uh, we got to hang out there and we were joking that uh they they really probably could not have designed a less Todd appropriate. <laughs> it, it is true, yeah. There there were lots of people there in the room, and so it was a crowded room of people trying uh, to eat soup, trying to eat soup, <laughs> uh, and and mixed drinks uh, while while navigating six different lines, and um, yeah, it, wow. And so uh, it was really well organized. I I they did. Uh, two sessions uh they sold out really quick uh lots of really friendly people there lots of good vendors uh amazing ramens and uh and really good mixed beverages right cool i think i, think I had stains on my clothing from uh five different ramen bras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that uh was a uh the benefits the the uh the ticket price a portion of the ticket price went to benefit Weird Portland United. Is that true? That is exactly correct. Nice, nice a fundraiser for for Weird Portland United. What's been going on with Weird Portland United? 
Um, I was just uh, talking to Nicholas about some of the stuff that uh, we have going on uh, in the short term. Um, this Tuesday, uh, I am participating. I'm actually uh, the MC for an event uh, with a group called Awesome Portland. Uh, do you know about Awesome Portland? I have never heard of it. I that. don't. They are uh, a group in town that gives out grants for people with awesome ideas. Um, and it's actually uh, very similar to what we're doing with uh, Weird Portland. Um, so we're going to work together with them later in the year. Oh, uh, I was, hope, I was hoping some... for a street fight of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> awesome versus Although that weird. Would, that would be a fun, like, uh, you know, promotional gimmick type thing where, yeah. like, you fight each other with water balloons or, like, you do something to each <laughs> other to take each other down. Or... Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they are on Tuesday. Um, their January grant is uh, arts-themed. Um, so they, they received 60 applications from folks with uh, awesome art project ideas in Portland. Um, and uh, I was their guest trustee this month, and I got to help select the winner. Um, so on Tuesday, we're going to give out $1,000 to one lucky uh, Portland artist. Um, and then later in the year, we'll be collaborating with them uh, on some weird grants. Very, nice. very cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for those uh, new listeners to the Mark and Todd cast, what is Weird Portland United? Ah, yes. And uh, Weird Portland United is, uh, of course, the uh, nonprofit that uh, we started last year um, dedicated to keeping Portland weird. And um, because uh, we recently did uh, a workshop session uh, on our mission, um, and really hammered it out. I, I will read you our entire mission statement. Um, it is Weird Portland United celebrates our community's unique, innovative culture, amplifies our creative expression, and incubates an even weirder future. Nice. That, that was so, workshop workshopped hard. That's <laughs> yes, a good one. I, I do like things that incubate. <laughs> <laughs> like the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by weird P portland united <laughs> um but uh the uh the good deeds don't stop uh on tuesday this week uh they continue into wednesday um where i will be participating um in a silent art auction uh at the rogue Eastside location um at 7 p.m and this is a a, a charity event put together by uh, Mike Bennett. Yes. Uh, who you might remember as our uh, Portland uh, cartoon cutout uh, artist extraordinaire. Um, he was at the Weird Portland Gala with his art, um, and he took it upon himself to organize an art auction um, where 100% of the proceeds are going to support uh, fire relief efforts in Australia. Oh, that's cool. That's radical. So, so he's organize something like 50 different local artists who will all have art there on Wednesday. Um, and it's all a silent auction. Um, and just, you know, a hundred percent of that money is, is going to Australia. And, uh, there's going to be a number of celebrity guests at the event. Um, Cassidy Quinn from KGW will be the host. Um, and there's going to be, um, a whole bunch of animal celebrities there. Um, scout, the golden retriever, um, the pig Ollie and uh, Napoleon, the alpaca will all be there as well. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Over at Rogue on the east side. Yep. Are tickets required uh, up front or uh, should people go to the website and buy tickets or is it a free no, event? No, it's, uh, it's 
it's not a ticketed event. It is uh, free. Um, so considering, I mean, even just if every one of those artists shows up, it's going to be crowded. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. I, I would recommend, uh, you know, trying to get there early, um, getting yourself a seat. Um, so it's going to be a really good party. Would you say it would be more or less crowded than a VHS swap at Tanker, uh, <laughs> Tanker Tavern last night? Um, proportional to the size of the venue uh, <laughs> i would have to say it's probably going to be uh as crowded okay that's good to know uh, and then lastly i gotta give a shout out to one other really unique and weird uh portland project that is uh happening on sunday um it is the grand opening of a new venue in town called rainbow city um and uh this is the passion project of uh, a local Portland artist whose name is Strawberry Pickle. Ah, yes. Um, and she uh, has this amazing space that is uh, in the same building directly behind Hippo Hardware on Burnside. And um, she, it's sort of like a um, warehouse industrial type space that she has completely gutted. Um, she's painted it, uh, it's like, two stories tall and she's painted it from ceiling to floor in bright pink um and there's wacky rainbows and uh bubble machines and she has a life-size uh triceratops that is painted pink in there um and it's just going to be this wonderful wacky uh event space in portland and uh when it's not hosting events it's going to be a museum uh, of all things pink and unicorn and wonderful um, so that is happening the grand opening party on uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. That's uh, Sunday, February 2nd. Wow. Nice. Lots of things going on. Yeah. yeah I've met uh, Strawberry Pickle uh, at a couple of the Weird Portland United events. She's uh, she's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I was very humbled. She sent me a message and said that Weird Portland United is what inspired her to uh, literally sell her house uh, for this project. Um, so she is all in and I think it's going to be amazing. Um, she even has space in the parking lot, uh, where she's going to build out a food cart pod. Wow. Very cool. Huh. That is, that is quite something to consider. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, lots of weird stuff and, uh, I'm really excited to be a part of it all, uh, in some way. This is sort of, uh, what, we intended to sort of bring this weird together when we started Weird Portland United. So one year in, I'm very excited where things are headed. That's awesome. It's it's, it's been it's been fun to watch it watch it all grow and be part of some of the events and just just watch people's excitement uh, uh, over it all. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be back with you uh, for Portland at the movies this month uh, on an undisclosed date that we haven't picked yet. <laughs> so think about that. Um, Have we announced the movie yet? Uh, we haven't. We can uh, announce it. Do you want to go ahead? Yeah. It's got probably the best title of any film uh, that we've watched yet. True. Uh, it's called Brain Smasher, A Love Story. Is that correct? That is correct. And who does okay, it star? Uh, <laughs> Terry Hatcher. Yes. Lois and Clark fame. And somebody else. I don't, who's the other person? Who's the other person? Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is the star of this movie. How could I forget? Yes. So Andrew Dice Clay and and uh, Terry Hatcher, which kind of her, her one of her first, if not her first, uh, kind of starring uh, movie role. So I believe the movie was like uh, was released in 
Venezuela, but I think that's <laughs> the only one that got a release date. Huge in Venezuela. Huge in Venezuela. <laughs> so yes, do look out for that. So think about when you want to do that and we can get that on the books and then get that out. So cool. Anything else? Um, no, we better stop now before we get carried away with ourselves. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for calling uh, Brian the Unipiper Kid, and uh, we will talk to you next time. If somebody wants to learn more about you, uh, where can they look you up? Uh, right at the moment, I'm going to direct them to sign up for our Weird Portland United newsletter, uh, which Perfect. they can do at weirdportlandunited.org. Perfect. Perfect. All right. We'll talk to you next time. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. How long is this? Pretty long. Eight more seconds. Apparently, it was windy the day that <laughs> right? I stole whatever video I stole that from. Uh, so Nick's birthday, my husband, uh, his birthday is coming up in a couple days, and uh, for his birthday, I kicking bought... off birthday season. It is very much birthday season. Yours, mine, uh, our friend Lisa, every, friend everybody, has a, everybody has a has a birthday uh, during this time. Uh, so the theremin uh, originally started as the ether phone. Ooh, <laughs> ether I like phone. that. And uh, at the time, they spelled it with the weird A-E, <gasps> ether. Ooh, ether. Right. And so it is one of the first electronic music music instruments. And so it's, it's entirely uh, electronic, not... Um, wind-based or wind-based or, or yeah, there's there's no bellows. vibrating physical item. It's only electrons uh, doing things. And so, an <clears throat> big picture, an oscillator, an electronic oscillator has two major components in it. One is a capacitor, and one is an inductor. A capacitor is you can think of two plates that don't touch each other. And that have, Stop touching me. Not have touching you. air or oil or another material between them. And a charge um, of electrons goes onto one plate, but can't make it through that middle gap. And so develops the opposing charge on the other plate. Okay. So that's what a capacitor does. You can, if you change the capacitance and the charge, you get a different oscillation. Uh, in that circuit, right? A theremin is essentially you have an antenna that is one side of that capacitor and you are changing the capacitance with your hands because your body conducts uh, electromag electromagnetic force or radio waves differently than air does. Air does a really good insulator and so as you introduce a non-insulator into that space next to the, the antenna, you are changing the dielectric is what it's called inside the capacitor. You're changing the dielectric and you are changing the electronics of an oscillator. And so exactly 100 years ago in 1920, wow. the theremin was invented. And uh, what was... Uh, how it was invented, there was a... Uh, Is an oscillator just something that spins? That no, oscillator? It, it I'm just thinking of an oscillator. Okay, like an oscillating fan. 
Yeah, yeah, something that goes back and forth. And so an electronic oscillator has uh, electrons that go back and forth. And so like a game of Pong, like a game of Pong. And (laughs) so you use an oscillator to drive the um, the diaphragm of a speaker which then moves air uh, that is received by okay. your ears as sound. And so Don't get it, me started we, on sound. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, there was a uh, a young scientist named Leon Theremin and No, really? Uh, yeah. Um, and that's the English fied version. It's okay. actually Lev um Lev Etate. Terman, uh, T-E-R-M-E-N, okay. is kind of the Russian. Oh, he's Russian, Russian. Russian. And so he was doing experiments on how to measure the density of gases. And he was using that explanation that we were just talking about where different gases will cause the dielectric of a capacitor to change so you can measure the density of a gas by using it as the dielectric of an oscillator. And he normally would put that onto a meter where you could see watch it bouncing back and forth visually. He chose to connect it to a circuit that drove a speaker so that he could hear the difference in density of gases but the the whole measurement thing is so sensitive that once you like moved your hand into the space it changed the pitch of the thing and he's like so he started to play with that he built the circuit a little bit more and he brought his other scientists over and literally was like learn to play a little tune on it he's like look what i can do and the original first one that he had had like a foot switch on it and everything and he he realized he could have one antenna that changes the pitch and one antenna that changes the volume and he was able to make a music instrument that you don't touch so he took away the foot switch so that it would be more ethereal if you will and so uh what does a theremin sound like and so let's um doesn't sound like that it doesn't sound like that so a misconception is that the intro to the star trek the original star trek was a theremin right and it's not okay it's not there was actually a woman's voice who is manipulated a little bit electronically and kind of isolated and she does the oh yeah all all of that but if you know any yeah i I nailed that (laughs) Uh, if you think of any of the horror movies or sci-fi movies from the 30s 40s and 50s into the 60s a lot of those were uh, the theremin. And so here is um, a movie called, uh, it's called, it's a German movie called Ada Alleman okay. that And so any of the old creepy yeah. sounds, like, even I feel like Scooby-Doo and like all of those just yep. to set that tone of like yep. it's an eerie place. Here is... Um... 
the Lost Weekend uh, from the 50s. Yeah. And uh, then the the day the earth stood oh, still. Right. And so that's all theremin. Um, then there was also music produced with theremin and uh, good vibrations yeah. from the Beach Boys is famously the um, the Brian, sound yeah. of that. But there was also in the, uh, two, this aired on television stations across the country in the summer of 2007. Ooh. So this is a commercial for White Castle um, uh, Burgers. And we will play the little White intro. Castle actually began the fast food restaurant. This is my theremin, oh. and this is a song I wrote about White Castle. This is how the crave sounds When it overtakes my soul Gotta have some sliders, baby Looks like Rick Emerson Before I can roll Thank you When the crave overcomes you There's one little Sometimes I get fries (laughs) So Uh so there's a White Castle commercial, and um, I thought we would fire up Nick's theremin and yes. <laughs> and be able to play. So I have our... worked on. Oops, oops, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, follow up. One of the one of the um, the special needs clients that I worked with likes to use synthesizers and keyboards, and so we go to Guitar Center and just kind of hang out there and play with all the different ones. And they had. One of these, and I'm surprised because for such an old timey instrument, they are to get a nice one. Because I was looked into getting you one, like right. you can buy a kit or whatever. And I'm like, ah, they're pretty crappy. The ones that like are just affordable for like whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always put it off, and it's it's amazing how modern and it must take a lot of technology still to be that expensive. Like you or or I think that they're just in such limited production. That's true. That you don't really have a mass market for right. the theremin, and so not, um, a, not enough um, audience for the oscillator. Oscillator. Oh, oh no, my, not I'm not plugged, plugged in. in. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I barely knew her. Uh, and so let's see. Yeah, let's move this stuff out of the way. And I will just have you uh, sit in front of it. So if you move that box. Uh, we'll okay, start with off. your hands away from. Uh, your hands away from the. Yeah. Climb up. <laughs> so moving your hand closer is what makes it go the pitch go up and yep. down. Yep. And then closer here makes the volume go down. Okay. So. Wow, that's so weird. So um, then this knob, uh, each turn brings you to a different sound. Oh, these are a little louder, too. So if you go back to number one, to number one, that's the classic theremin. Classic theremin. Okay, here we go. Then, then each each one has kind of different presets. Some of them are very linear, and some of them step between oh, notes. I see, yeah. 
Oh, this one's much easier to go between those. Yeah. It'll auto-tune to that. You can change which scale it goes, like Dorian scale, Egyptian scale, um, uh, Chinese scale, uh, a whole bunch of different. Yeah, this this one slides in between. Yeah. In between notes. Elastic motion. Hard to like learn how to play a song though. Yeah, so if you look at if you watch any videos, there's there's very virtuoso uh, theremin artists, and uh, yeah, they have very specific hand positions for each of the notes, uh, and it, it's it's really a phenomenal. I'll see if I can play the the, the not nerd theme because it's got something. Okay, let me find a picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And I suppose a lot of this technology that makes it expensive is all the synthesizer aspects yeah, to change exactly. all of the. Oh, my God. oh there's 30. 32 different little sounds. That's and so it's got audio jacks out and the whole thing. It's it got a it's okay. a legit musical instrument. There's a pitch correction button and a, or the amount of this is. This sounds like the um, the music to the airplane rave that me and Brian went to. <laughs> that is super cool. I can't believe the guy's name is Steve Theremin or whatever <laughs> Lev, it was. Lev. Lev Theremin, probably. I know he's Russian. I guess it yeah. wouldn't be that way. So, um, we and need, made by Moog, the famous synthesizer company. We need to leave in about five minutes. Okay. Oh, we then we already shut that off. I died. I was gonna listen to this. So. Oh, oh, you're no longer. No, I know that. No longer in front of it. So it. Oh, I see. Calibrated itself. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh no, I turned off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Because where are we going right now? We are going to Quarter World, and Quarter World has a um, uh, a Tesla coil uh, called Tessie. And they play music on the Tesla coil. And so um, there's uh, a, basically a Tesla coil is just a, a super high voltage device that uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do ma- we'll magic. We'll go through a, a, yeah. a whole topic on that some other time. So, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, I've never said that before at the end of the show. <laughs> at the end of the show. So please don't don't let me know your thoughts because. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, find us on Fun Employment Radio. Uh, listen for us on Portland Other Movies later this month. Um, that's all. I guess we'll be done now. Oh, and see, I'm <laughs> not, not plugged in. You have to pay in. some theremin music. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> this is from the movie movie called The Idiot oh, Shriek. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called The Idiot Shriek. <laughs> <laughs> That's handy. Such pain. Hey. Such emptiness. Hey! <laughs> okay, thanks, movie. Bye. Bye.